All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Uh, we appreciate you guys being patient with us as we got this thing going tonight. Uh, got an awesome guest lined up. We just had him on a few mo- few months ago, but uh, I say a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things have stayed the same with uh, him going out west and having some su- some success. But you'll see right above me there, we got Jay Wallen filling in for my boy uh, Ryan Lambert. He's tied up with with real business. So Jay, thank you for uh, stepping in for for Ryan. I, I think we lost Russ. Over yeah, there. I think Russ got mad and just slammed we, his we phone down. Just dropped my phone. Forget you. I'll do. I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll do better on the intros next time. How's so it going, guys? Yeah, yeah. So Russ, yeah, man. Thank you for. Uh, I know you're on a huge West Coast trip out there. I think you're in Utah right now. Is that right? Uh, just about. I'm right just on the about. border of like Nevada and Utah. I'm in Eli, Nevada. Okay. Right so. now, making my way to Fish Lake, Utah, to do a little camping with my mom, my stepdad, for a few days. All right. Well, uh, like, before I head out to to Dartnell. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to stop on the road and and talk with us for a little bit about what you've been up to. So thank you. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I think uh, you may be the first at- kayak angler. Or as Mike Iaconelli now calls us all, pro kayak anglers on these on these tournaments, uh, to make to make a real West Coast swing. Like you went out there and didn't just go for an event. You like went out there and did it. Like you know, three events, pretty close together. There's another and uh, Harper, Greg Greg Harper, I think from West Virginia. There's another guy from West Virginia. I think there was somebody else too. He did it. Maybe just. Yeah, somebody from uh, Greg Harper, I believe his name was from West Virginia. I met him at the Clear Lake tournament. Really nice guy. And uh, I know a few people. I think Catherine made it out for one. A couple other people made it out just for the for the Bassmaster event. Some uh, some other someone else from the Tennessee area too. Yeah, you know, I believe, you hear some of the pros do that for like multiple events, and you actually did it. You I mean you went out there and did a couple Clear Lake events, was, a Delta event? That's crazy. I mean, growing up, you know, that's. That was my old stomping grounds out there. All my fa- friends and family and stuff like that uh, were out there. So it definitely, definitely made it you know a little easier to be able to do something like that. Got to you know kind of made it a, a dual trip. Got to do some of the tournaments and uh, you know and spend some time with uh, with family and friends and stuff as well. So uh, so it was, it was great to yeah have the chance. At first, usually I fly back, but uh, uh, driving back it's been you know, it's a long long trip from Nashville, but. It's uh, it's definitely nice having having my car, you know, my truck there, and all my my gear, my stuff. Usually every time I fly back, I'm so dependent on borrowing, you know, on, on other people and staying at their house or borrowing cars or whatever the case. But it's nice to get back there, though, for sure. Yeah, man, and you know, I don't know. I, I've been doing this a few years now myself, and I know Jay has too. And Jay's had a few dominant runs in the in the kayak tournament world, and we've seen some from other anglers. But I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at your last, you know, five or six events here, and I'm going back a year or two. Has there been another angler you've seen, Jay, with a, such a dominant run and, you know, top finishes and top five finishes since, since you know, kayak fishing has really gone big time? No, no. <laughs> uh, you know, the closest is probably Jody Queen. Um, he's probably the closest. Um, but no, nah, Russ, dude, like, Cody's had some good runs too. Yeah, Cody. Yeah. Cody has had some good ones. Yeah, Cody. Cody had a run. Um, you know, and Cody arguably is still on his run. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's sitting in third place. He he's still on it. But uh, you're torching heads, Russ. <laughs> you're doing it, man. Now, look, I just, I'm curious. Uh, 
obviously you believe in momentum, right? Definitely, and yeah. Uh, I mean, no yeah. doubt, just confidence and momentum. It, it really does go a long way. And, um, you know, like I've, I've said before, just, you know, having everything else in your life going going well makes makes a really big difference as far as just – you know, financial, you know, you know, if you no financial worries or if you have relationship stuff going on or work or uh, when you can kind of control those variables or in my health, that's a big thing too. I've been, had periods throughout my life where I've had back problems or injuries and uh, stuff like that really, not just physically, but just the mental side of it too. Um, you know, it takes, it'll take its toll on you and it'll affect your fishing for sure. So this is, you know, grateful that everything else is, is going good and it's allowing me to just keep focused and, and keep my uh um, momentum going i guess yeah i mean hey that's what it's about man yeah and i'm taking nothing away from the other anglers you name because like you said those folks are here we go he's getting mad again no he's uh, lost again. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got no, it you're good man you're stop making it dropping my phone here hold on you're making it happen <laughs> with the uh, rest stop interview red, so red life is tough Am I back? Right. Yeah, there we I, go. I lost you there for a second. No, that's cool. I, 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 my window truck was going by. And... All right, we're back. You stay safe. At least you're not. Do, at least you're not trying to do this while you're good. driving. That'd be bad. You're fumbling your phone around, swerving around. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea. We don't. But... We don't want that responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, I, what I'm I was saying it. is, you know, you got all these other anglers that you mentioned, and there are a bunch of folks that have that are still on runs and have had runs of their own. But I'm like I said, looking at your last few events, at first at Clear Lake for the BASS event, first at Super Trail on Clear Lake, first or a tenth at BOS out on the Delta, first back at the Cross, first times two back on Kentucky Lake. I mean, what the heck, Russ? Uh, is there is there is there something that you can attribute? You, you talked Jay asked about your confidence, but is there something? Are you saying is it your versatility, or is there something that you just bring with you that travels well as far as the technique? Definitely, yeah, versatility is definitely important. Just being comfortable with a number of techniques and knowing, you know, when and where to throw each bait is is really important. Um, but it's, I've been able to fish my strengths too. It seems in just about every tournament, you know, I, I like to power fish and flip. Uh, you know, I don't want. I can do deep structure fishing stuff like that, deep diving crankbaits and dragging a jig or a big worm. But I, I'm not really confident. It's you know, I more or less have average finishes probably. If I have to do that, I can do well. But you know, uh, as long as I'm power fishing, able to cover water and um you know and hit targets that's that's my main thing is just you know being able to just hit targets and you know a big part of of that style of fishing is just being able to make really accurate quiet casts uh and be able to present your lure you know the, the right way it's all about casting accuracy and and presentation uh, I, I feel like that's that's probably my strength as far as my fishing style so a dartnell will have to see. I have to sit there and throw a shaky head and brush piles. I'm gonna be in big <laughs> trouble. I'm telling you. <laughs> nah, you're not gonna have to. I got confidence. I'm, I got my fingers and toes crossed that Darnell's gonna show out for us because, uh, you know, Arkansas's reputation's on the line. Lambert's always beating it up. So yeah, he needs yeah. To show up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it can be good. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to Dartnell. I hear it's it's uh, a lot like Old Hickory. That's what I've never been to Dartnell, but. They say it's like old hickory. That's a lake I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with. 
you know, just outside of Nashville, I fish it quite a bit and it's a lot of similar type structure with the, you know, more shallow water river system with docks and a little bit of rocks and that willow grass. And, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just gonna, you know, pretend it's old hickory and kind of, uh, yeah, let's see what I find. So last time we had you on, I don't think, I don't know if we asked you this exact question, but you know, right now you say you're rolling with confidence. When, when did you, I mean, did you just like, were you a prodigy? Did you come into bass fishing and just like, I got this figured out? Or did, was there a point in time when you were like, you know what? It kind of all clicked and you felt comfortable switching techniques and, and on different bodies of water. I mean, it definitely took time, you know, even from when I was young, I always kind of made it a point to, if there was something I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in just to completely immerse myself in that technique, whether it be learning to fish a jig or crankbait or, or whatever the case, you know, uh, I always knew that, that being versatile was, was a big part of being successful, especially if you're, if you're going to travel around to a lot of places, if you're just, you know, sticking around to your home lake and, you know, not traveling very far or living in Florida or something like that, or you're just going to learn how to fish grass and there's only so many techniques that you can do. Uh, it's one thing. Luckily, the place I grew up in, in California, uh, it's a place where, where a lot of the fishermen there are very versatile because there's so many different types of water to fish between, you know, the natural uh, clear reservoirs where there's, you know, spotted bass fishing primarily like Shasta and Oroville. And then you have uh, you know, a, a natural lake like Clear Lake, which has a lot of vegetation and, and some rock. Clear Lake, you could do a little bit of everything, really. Um, and then you have, you know, the Delta, which is which is a tidal fishery, which is a whole new beast of its own, you know, learning those tides and understanding, uh, you know, having to fish a tidal place. It, it really helps you understand just the movement of fish and, and how they you know, move up and down and in and out of areas, up on flats, use deep water access uh, and all that. A lot of the tidal stuff does translate to to other fisheries. You know, it's just that in a tidal place, they're moving a lot more where, uh, you know, they'll move the same type of ways like they would a tidal fishery if it's a lake. But, you know, it might not be as, as frequent. You know, you get a weather change or something like that has to change in order for them to move or in a delta the weather doesn't have to change at all. It's they're going to move regardless just because of those tides. Well, let's talk about but, the Yeah. Being, you know, growing up in an area like that, a lot, a lot of good fishermen out of there are the same, you know, look at the Zaldanes, the Cody Meyer, yeah. Justin Lucas and Mark Daniels. And all, all those guys are, are really versatile fishermen. And, uh, you know, they can, you know, a lot of guys can, you know, translates to a lot of other different parts of the country when you go to a new body of water. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg Blanchard fellow uh california well yeah. actually, i guess he's a california transplant but he's been east coast to west coast to texas and that's i think made him super versatile as well yeah definitely he's a he's a great fisherman uh saw him out there uh, i think he was he's another guy that fished all all three of the tournaments there had a couple yeah. good finishes and um yeah really really you know great guy really good at, at teaching people i've seen a lot of his videos and um yeah he's he's, he's a great guy to have in the kayak world for sure well, let's uh, talk about that back-to-back -back Clear Lake events. I mean, mm. did, the, did those piggyback on each other? Were you able to do the exact same thing, or did you have to figure the lake out twice? Pretty much. Um, you know, I was, uh, the first Clear Lake tournament, the KBF Super Trail, was right after the Hobie. 
and I was actually on my way there. I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and, and my truck broke down on me and lost my power steering. So I had to quickly had a friend that was kind of you know in the area about an hour away. So I had to drive about an hour without power steering and let me use his garage. I fixed up my truck and I kind of took my time. I didn't want to stress out over it and think like you know I gotta hurry up and get out there as fast as I could. I didn't want to. Just tried to stay calm and just took my time, got it done right. And by the time I got out there, I had to go get an alignment. And then they told me my ball joints were worn out. So then they did that. And, but anyways, truck's good to go. I, I get out there Thursday, uh, you know, with a couple hours to fish. So I, I checked one area at the north end and didn't really do any good. And then I was like, all right, I got one day to fish. And just wanted to pick a place where, where I had a little bit of everything, you know. Where I had some rocks, some grass, some... Uh, I wanted to hit it all with as many different baits as I could, many different techniques and depths, and just you know, since I only had one day, and you know, I chose the state park area just because it's kind of right on the edge of like the north end where it has all the grass, shallow grass, and uh, they have some sloughs and creeks, and then right when you get south of the state park, it kind of transforms to a lot of steeper, rockier banks. Uh, so I got I got to do a little bit of everything. There's some docks back there too on the, the east side, so. Um, I didn't really know what I had pre-fishing, you know, I fished that one day, I, I caught a couple good ones, but they were doing, you know, a variety of different things, and, and I did not stick around at all long after I caught a fish, I just kept moving, tried to, I, I covered a lot of water, and, uh, um, you know, going into the Saturday tournament, I picked an area, I thought that I could at least have a few little things, I could bounce around, uh, you know, do a few different things all in one kind of small area, and uh yeah just it went well through top water in the morning and uh started flipping as the sun came out and then moved to some offshore grass um and uh yeah caught fish all day doing all three things and felt like i made some really good adjustments and it just just it worked out and you know going into the next tournament i uh i got out there wednesday another area on the north north end to see if i can duplicate that offshore grass pattern see if i could find something kind of to myself uh didn't get a single buy uh, until i got back to the, the, the marina i launched at canock divista got a few punching in that marina but everything else there's nothing there uh went back out thursday to the stuff i fished in the tournament before and just checked it really quick and caught a couple big ones and uh so all right that's what i'm just gonna go for it again and i didn't even fish friday i had bunch of friends come up and, and hung out and camped with me um they're not fishing friends just buddies i grew up with and stuff and so they came out and, and hung out at the campground up at lake port and just took friday off to kind of retie and just get everything ready and uh just spend some time with some friends and stuff but uh That's awesome. yeah. yeah man if you guys are watching get any questions for us yeah. or, or our co-host jay fire them off in the comments there uh Ryan chimed in. Well, so I got a question. How, how many oil changes have you done? <laughs> I did one just so far. I was at my dad's house. <laughs> we did one. Yeah, I go about five, six thousand miles. I don't know how many miles I put on since uh, since I left. It was about Fourth of July weekend, right after Fourth of July weekend. Uh, most of the nights I've been sleeping in my truck. We got a couple Airbnbs and stayed with some. Oh, hey, are we back? Sorry. Oh yeah, we're good. Call. We're good. You guys hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm bet and i put at least i don't know six five six thousand miles on it already and got a couple more thousand to go <laughs> but trucks are running good yeah look my, my did a bunch of work on my truck at my dad's house and my kayak fixed a couple little things 
all my kayaks and uh you know now uh yeah my truck broke down again but it's it's running good now it's got a lot of miles but it's, i try to keep up on it i don't know russ i feel yeah. like, i feel like we ought to be able to uh get you a truck sponsor or something we need to call toyota or somebody <laughs> i agree truck i think it brings some good luck to me maybe i don't know okay okay you'd like a brand new free one though wouldn't you I don't know. I like this. Old, <laughs> I like this this style. I have another. I have another truck at home. It's actually the identical truck. Uh, it's a 05. It's one year. This is a 04 GMC Sierra, and the other one's an 05. But I got off my buddy. It's only got like a hundred thousand miles, and it's it's cherry. It kept such good, uh, good you know condition. So once this one goes out, I'll probably be running that one for a while. The new ones, man, are so big. I I don't know. They're almost too big. I feel like. It's a good size for me. I could still reach over the bed and get things when I need them. Yeah, yeah. Got a, got a, couple, got a couple questions for it. For well, this one's for Jay. It's from Jim Clark. Can you see the comments, Jay? No, I can't. And if it's from him, <laughs> you know, I guess go ahead and go ahead and read it. I guess he said, uh, "Can he bum a shower off you next week at Dardanelle? You can join or not. It's up to you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell him i'll make a deal with him he can stand out in the backyard and i'll spray him with the water hose How okay all right you heard it jim <laughs> you heard it, i've jim. been taking a lot of a lot of showers at the boat ramps that's for sure bass yeah. i guess uh we had somebody else yeah, ask about the, river, the river. River yeah <laughs> the uh somebody asked about the viewer they said russ deserves way more viewers than this we were hovering around uh 30 40 viewers uh, we did get a little bit started late, so if you're jumping on late, we appreciate that. But if you want to help us out, go ahead and share this. Watch it later too. Sh share that video, uh, and yeah, if you're listening on the podcast later, we appreciate you there. For those that listen on the podcast, I'll give you a special thank you because our audio podcast gets an unbelievable amount of downloads for a little old uh, kayak fishing podcast. So we appreciate y'all that are doing that. Uh, Jim said that'll work, Jay. So props. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I talked about your West Coast swing, Russ. You're trying to, you're trying to pull something off that I don't think has been done. I mean, BASS doesn't have an AOI, obviously, but KBF does, BOS does, and you're sitting on top of both of those right now, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the KBF and the BOS, me and Jody are virtually, like, tied, yeah. I think. Or I think I'm maybe – I don't think I have, like, half points. I think we have the same, like, two firsts and a tenth. I think we both do, but – Maybe the tournaments I was in had more people, or I don't know how that worked. There's Probably. a what it is. What it is is uh, I'm trying to remember. I think big fish counts for like two tenths of a point, gotcha. and maybe if you if you led a day, I think that counts for some tenths of points. So really? that's where the, the that's where the difference comes in. Yeah. Gotcha. A couple okay, little I was things. Wondering. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you, you're right there. Well, I mean, either both of those, it's no lockup for AOI at all. on either though, I mean, both of them, I might not even, you know, if I do bad in the two championships, I could drop way down. So it's all, it's all going to be dependent on, on the, uh, you know, the Gunnersville uh, national championship and the, the Hobie um, TOC over there at Fort Loudon. Um, those are going to be two big ones for sure. And yeah, ho hopefully I can do good. I'm going to, try a little extra hard for those ones so that was my follow-up question is that does that even play you know a part in your mind or are you just thinking about the next event and the chips are going to fall where they fall no that's that's part i definitely i want to my goal is one to make uh i guess my, my two goals would be to to make 
Toby Worlds, uh, which it looks like as long as uh, kind of if Jody and stays in the top four, I think his, he's already qualified, then that would push down to four spots. Uh, my other goal would be to make the uh, KBF the 10. Um, so as long as I do both of those, that's, that's kind of my, my goals for the year. Yeah. You're, you're lining up good uh, for both of those. I don't think anybody would bet against you. Uh, we had a good question from DJ Williams. He asked, how do you approach pre-fishing and how important is that for you, uh, you know, for your winning strategies? You know, some people say, ah, I don't even pre-fish. So they don't put a lot of thought into it. Uh, how, how do you approach that? You know, it depends on the tournament and, and time of year. And um, definitely a believer that too much pre-fishing can be a bad thing. Or especially getting out there too early. Like, usually I give myself about three days i'd say on average sometimes i do four sometimes i do two or in case of clear lake i did one but um usually i try to get my myself three days pre-fishing there's times i've had before where i get like four days and i get out there on that first day and i find something and i'm just so excited about it that i get so kind of locked into that that even if i kind of try other things sometimes it kind of burns me that definitely happened at the delta to me where uh like on wednesday i found something really like i mean it was a really good spot i was and i just kept expanding on it on thursday expanding on it and friday and i kept catch i mean i was it was getting big fish and then tournament day came around and you know it all completely changed um so you know it, it all depends but usually when i'm pre-fishing you know i want to try to cover as much water as i can and uh if i do find you know best case scenario is you kind of figure you know best case scenario is you really have a tough pre-fish the first couple days but you kind of learned what not to fish or eliminated some water and then on that that last day before the tournament you finally hit something where you know where a light switch kind of goes off and you're like all right i got something figured out here and then you go into the tournament and expand on that and it's uh usually that's that's what you know if you can it's not always easy to make that happen it doesn't you know fish don't always do what you want but that's kind of best case scenario but i i try to cover a lot of water and if i do find something i think as a concentration fish that can win a tournament uh, a lot of times i'll spend you know more more days there just expanding kind of commit to an area but it is always good to have a backup too just in case you know yeah what about you jay how do you approach that well, uh, I mean, I think pre-fishing is very important. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I can ever expect to win a tournament if I don't pre-fish. Uh, you know, like Russ said, some of the most important things is not necessarily finding the hot spot or finding the spot, but it's getting rid of some water too. You know, uh, you can answer a lot of questions by eliminating water, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, I'd say on those on these bigger tournaments, I, you know, I typically give myself uh, three days is what you really want. I've tried to do at least two. Uh, Darnell, I'm actually going to get down there Friday, so I'll have a full week. And like Russ said, that can be a that could be a bad thing. I mean, I, I'm gonna I got to pace myself, not get too locked into one thing, and just you know try to use that time wisely to really just explore, you know, and if you have a long period of time, it's better to go slow, explore, don't get too locked in, just to kind of get a feel for the place. You know, if you've got two to three days, you know, you need you probably need to fish a little harder and, and you know, really figure something out. But pre-fishing is important. 
And and too long, I guess you run the risk of physically wearing yourself out, depending on the event. If you you know if you have a motor, no motor, whatever. Totally. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so another lot, thing I've kind of taken in consideration this year is to try to you know a lot of times before I've gone dawn to dusk and been trying to make it a point to to get up a little earlier or give myself an extra at least the day before the tournament or just try to get that extra time to to catch up on sleep or just get things you know dialed in a little better. Yeah, a lot of people, you'll hear them, uh, I wouldn't say complain, but one of the things they ask about is is should there be pre-fishing cutoffs and this and that, and they think they're at a big disadvantage because they don't have a week to take off for every tournament. And it sounds like, and I know I'm not that way, I like to get there two days, maybe three. Uh, you know, we're talking to two of the best in the game right here, and they're saying two to three days is plenty. So I don't think that you have to have like a 1,000 hours of vacation time to make a tournament season happen. No. Nah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Bell asked what depth finder you use. What electronics? Uh, I use a Humminbird Helix 7 Gen 3. Uh, with the side imaging on my um, Wilderness Attack 120. And I use a Helix 10. That one's actually a Gen 2. Got it on sale. Also with the side imaging on the uh, Native Titan 12. Uh, and a big believer, yeah, big believer in in uh, those hummingbird fish finders. Not not sponsored by them or anything like that. I've used, uh, yeah, I won't say what brand, but I've used another one for the majority of my my time on boats. And I've been on other boats with, you know, I've used just about all of them, and uh, all of them have their their pros and cons. And uh, the thing I like about the the hummingbirds, it's you know, it's a pretty easy interface to use. Uh, I've had very you with any like problems they don't you know and they don't have problems like turning on or reading the head fish finders where it just wouldn't pick up on the transducer and stuff like that so i've had no problems with that and uh and the biggest thing is that lake master chip to be honest that lake master chip is uh that's a game changer for sure um you know it just shows every little you know it's so so accurate as far as the contour lines and depth changes and showing those little high spots on, on the flats and, you know, showing exactly where the steepest part of a, a break is on a ledge or the, 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 you know, the little bends that the ledge makes, you know, and the shape of it. And, um, and you can do all the shading, you know, the contour shade lines and, and stuff like that. Just the, just the, uh, the depth to depending on the lake level. And, um, yeah, I, I've really, like and it has really clear uh you know side imaging too um you know I, I really didn't get into the side imaging until just a few years ago my my old boat that i had there didn't have it on it and never really uh used it before i got into kayak fishing so i'm still comes to electronics i i'm i still have a lot to learn actually too i, I know there's there's a lot of people in the kayak world that are uh that are a lot better than me coat you know cody or christine probably you know, being two examples of people that uh, that I know personally that, that are a lot better than me at, at reading reading their fish finder and their electronics. Um, but I've been liking my hummingbirds. I can't complain. So, do you? Would you rather? Are you comfortable fishing offshore with your electronics? Would you rather fish offshore or fish shallow? If you had to choose, I'd rather fish shallow any any time. But but I, I could fish. I mean, I fish offshore, and I know how to. You know, if I'm using my side imaging and I see a rock pile or a log or lay down on over to the side you know i got pretty good at scrolling over and being able to use that i think that's a really important tool 
for using on side imaging is, you know, have clear enough side imaging. I know the gen, there's the, so with Humminbird anyway, there's the regular side, original side imaging. Then there was mega imaging and then the mega plus. Uh, both of mine just have, have the mega imaging. Uh, there's a huge difference between the, the regular side imaging and, and the mega. Uh, there's a little bit of a difference between the Mega and the Mega Plus, but the, the Mega is good enough to to get a good, accurate idea of, of what you're seeing off to the sides. Uh, being able to tell, you know, it's a little brush pile or lay down or rock uh, and utilizing that and, and you, know, use, you know, paying attention to that and, and marking those things off to the side um, that you're not really going over and, you know, scrolling over. Over putting a waypoint and then motoring back over it, so you could see exactly what's down there on the down scan or, or with your you know traditional sonar, is something that I I do a lot. And, uh, it's, even in shallow water, you'd be surprised. I'll be in creeks and stuff, and shallow, you know, shallow backwaters, uh, where it's only less than you know less than ten feet deep, less than six feet deep sometimes, and I'll I'll see a piece of structure or a piece of wood. Uh, that's not not exposed on the surface that you wouldn't be able to see without the side imaging and a lot of times that piece of wood especially if it's in like a pressured area you know it'll get overlooked by a lot of people um, because there's other pieces of wood maybe that stick up that you can see and those are the ones that are always getting hit and the big fish know hey this one here people are kind of leaving alone and a lot of times that's that's the one you want to find uh duke tran chimed in and said hummingbirds just got sold out everywhere and Dusty seconds your side imaging, uh, side imaging accolades, I guess. I run a Hummingbird. Jay, you run a Hummingbird too, don't you? Yeah, I've got a Hummingbird Solix uh, Gen 2. It's got the Mega Plus. The only difference right. between the Mega and the Mega Plus is the Mega Plus, I think, is able to extend out to 200 feet. Gotcha. Uh, so it can actually extend a little further out. Uh, but the actual megahertz that it's running on, uh, it's the same as the Mega. Oh, okay. I think it hits. I think it hits thirteen hundred. I think is the max on the chirp uh, megahertz. Gotcha. Yeah, I notice on my yeah. seven, I have like two settings, and then my Helix Ten, it has three settings. Like one at like seven hundred, four hundred, seven hundred, and like twelve hundred. I don't know. Right. Dude, yeah. Like I said, I don't. I'm not an expert when it comes to electronics, but getting better. <laughs> I know, I know one thing. I run the Navionics card, but because Russ said so, I'm going to get in the Lake Master tomorrow. Lake Master's awesome. The shading is incredible. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I, I second that. Uh, and what's cool about the, uh, I don't know about the Helix, but in my Solix, I've got the Navionics chip and the Lake Master, and I can just flip flop back and really? forth. You just switch. Yeah. I think I could you, do that in my 10 because there's two SD slots. My 7 yeah. only has one. Okay, yeah. But you, if you've got two slots, you can literally switch back and forth between Lake Master and Avionics. And, I, know uh, I tell you, Kentucky Lake, if you look at the Lake Master versus Navionics, it looks like two completely different lakes. It's crazy. Yeah. They're I've very seen, different. I've seen both of them, yeah. The one I don't yeah. have, I saw the Gen 2 Lake Master. I think the Gen 3s, if I'm correct, they have the satellite overlay on them, too. Yeah, they Cody do. Was showing yeah. I, don't, I don't have that, but that looks like a really cool feature. There's times where that really would have paid off. and Instead, you know, I'm having to look on my phone and all the satellite well, imagery. And, I tell you, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but you don't have to have a Humminbird unit to get the Lake Master maps. They actually have an app that you mm -hmm. can download on your phone. It's per uh, lake, though, right? 
Yes, you do. You have you do have to pay for the map, but you you pay per lake. Uh, you know, it's better than nothing. I mean, if you got a big tournament somewhere, yeah, uh, and you don't have a, a hummingbird unit or lake master chip, you can download the map for that lake on your phone and at least see it. Yeah, you know, no. buddy Adam was. He was doing that all the time. He's got me. Yep. He's got a whole list of them on there. Oh, I almost yeah. did that for the for the Clear Lake tournament. I was kind of panicking because I didn't have any of my old waypoints. I had so many waypoints for for Clear Lake when I, when I used to fish there, but they're on a fish finder. My my screen broke. I was uh, and I I couldn't get. I don't know if I spent some time and tried to figure it out. Maybe I could have, but I didn't have the waypoints. So I ordered a I ordered a Lake Master chip for the Western United States, and it was supposed. To, I ordered it like a, three weeks before. Got it shipped to my dad's house, and I was kind of like wonder i'm like man it was a couple days before i was leaving for the tournament this thing should have been here by now and finally i got a package and it was this package it had all this chinese writing all over it and it was just a bunch of masks (laughs) (laughs) they scanned me i guess so that's brutal yeah yeah it was too good to be true it was on sale for like 75 dollars i'm like sweet and looked to see who was selling i was in a rush (laughs) so so no no lake master chip for for clear lake i was about to buy it on my phone but yeah but uh, it worked out (laughs) i guess yeah no you did okay yeah (laughs) uh we got katie the uh kbn media relations person katie Baca dropping all the links she put that hummingbird app in there we appreciate you katie um, we got another question for you, Russ. DJ Williams asked, what's your favorite flipping bait for when you do find a piece of cover to flip at? Um, favorite flipping bait. I use so many different ones. Even in a tournament, like, unless there's one that they're really dialed into, like, I've had tournaments where I've put on four or five different flipping baits and just kind of rotate. And sometimes all of them work, to be honest. And sometimes I'll find one that works better um but you know i fl- mostly traditional stuff i'll flip a lot of beavers uh, uh i'll flip like rage cross the uh also so the, su- the sweet beavers the original one and then the the spicy beaver that's uh, a kind of newer one it's been out a couple of years i've really been liking that one a lot uh flip uh, pack across um striking menace uh all, all of those uh i'll just you know they all what do you work. think about the d-bomb yeah, D-Bomb, that's another one. Shoot, that uh, I like it a lot. Actually, I started, I fished yeah. them before, but when I was at the Delta, I was doing a lot of punching uh, some really heavy, thick mats. And I had just a couple D-Bombs, and I put one on. And to be honest, they're good, too, because they, they, you know, they, uh, they stay on the hook yeah. a little bit better and don't get torn up quite as easy as a beaver does. Uh, yeah, they're pretty hard, and they slide through D-bomb. good, and they don't lose appendages. Uh, yeah. they're, they're good, good flipping bait, especially mostly for, uh, I mean, they work for everything, you know, jig trailer, they, they work just like everything else, but I really do like those for, for really heavy punching when it's like an you know, ounce and a half and up, uh, those D bombs yeah. come through good. So you flip in a, uh, if you prefer, you prefer a Texas rig or throwing a jig, flipping it, flipping it cover, uh, Texas rig mostly. Right. I'll flip a jig too. More times than not, I'll. I'll uh, I make my own punch skirts and then I'll just like a little bead and um, yeah I'll use that in front. You know, I'll put a bobber stop, a tungsten weight, a punch skirt, uh, and then the you know um, switch to the owner jungle hooks. I was using the trocar and using a few other ones, but um, Cody turned me on to those jungle hooks. I've heard a lot of people 
say good things about them and, and i'm pretty sold on those ones at this point i think they're my favorite right now um but yeah as far as you know using a skirt or not sometimes I'll, I'll i'll punch or flip you know without a skirt uh with just you know just a texas rig bait and uh a lot of that i think is dictated by the water clarity is you know if the water's stained to dirty i'll put a skirt and if it's really clear sometimes i think that skirt actually is a little too much and they you know um they prefer just having just the soft plastic bait there texas rig rather than having that that extra flash or flare of the skirt katie's dropping the links to everything you just said in the comments so everybody can go look at that stuff for themselves if they want we need to get you like an affiliate link before she gets doing that <laughs> right yeah um all right any more questions out there for rush or jay uh, we got still got about 40 people hanging around on the live stream so we appreciate y'all um i'll ask you this if you had to take one bait with you to a tournament is it is it going to be that Texas rig, or jig? I mean, uh, is that what you're going to do if you like if you only had to do one jig. thing, swim jig? Swim, swim jig, yeah. Okay. It's because you could fish it. You don't have to swim it. You can fish yeah. it on. You know, even a swim jig, you still fish it on the bottom. You could flip it. You can swim it. You could skip it under docks. You can do just about every every type of cover and everything with it. Probably a half black and blue, half green pumpkin. I've been liking okay. that color. Kind of a mixture of the two. I keep it pretty simple. My jigs too, you know, I'll use dirty water. I use black and blue, clear water. I use green pumpkin. There's a lot of sun. I'll use green pumpkin with some flash. If it's somewhere in between, you know, I'll use somewhere, something in between a, a green pumpkin and a black and blue. Um, and I keep it pretty simple as far as all that goes. And I'll switch colors throughout the day. I'll start out with a dark color early on and, as the bright sun comes out, you know, I'll switch colors depending, just totally dependent on, on the water color and uh, time of day and the, the light conditions. So even if I find something pre-fishing, that color is just working great. Like I don't really give it much, you know, pay much attention to it unless it's the exact same time of day and, and you know, water conditions and color and, and all that. But otherwise, I, I kind of mix it up as the day goes on. Russ, I know this is uh, kayak fishing, uh, but have you ever given it any thought to getting in a glitter rocket? I've fished out of one before for quite some well, time. Well, I mean, I'm, okay, like tournaments, in, though, like, yeah, get, I, like doing some big tournaments. Probably not. Just I've the headaches no. and everything that comes along with a boat. I've, I've been there. I'm trying to get rid of my boat. I can't even. I tried to sell it right before I left for my trip. I didn't try too hard, though. I was hoping... I just throw it up there on eBay and somebody would take it off my hands, but <laughs> it's never that so easy. You wouldn't I guess. fish any opens or anything. I thought about fishing and uh, you know some Bassmaster opens and stuff, but uh, it's a big commitment. And those it guys, is. Are, those it guys is. play for keeps. It can drain your bank, you know. I've been there and I've I've had some success, you know, doing some some of the open, even the Bassmaster opens were out in the West Coast. I did a couple of those and uh yeah. some of the other west coast kind of had their own uh pro-am circuit like one bass and angler's choice and had some success in that and there, there's also been times where i've hit big slumps you know where i go 10 15 tournaments without a check and i've seen twenty thousand dollars disappear like that you know um yeah so and that's just no fun when you're you know 
and then you're having to try to fish just to get a check or just to it's it's just not fun when you get in that situation i've been there and uh you know not to say i wouldn't ever get in a bass boat and fish a tournament again but i'd have to have enough money to the point where money didn't really matter anymore um, I'm, right. I'm a ways away right. from making some money in these kayak tournaments but i'm still a long ways away from that there's something so, to be said yeah, for no, the there's, there's something to be said for the ROI in kayak tournaments. The expenses aren't quite the same. I mean, the travel expenses are travel expenses. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Just the the gap. I mean, there's it's you know over double the expenses jumping in a boat compared to a kayak. I'd say yeah. at least. And then you know on top of that, the entry fees can be a lot more too. So uh, I've got a question from Dusty. His his Facebook handle is Dusty Yacker. I know his real name's Dustin. Mergula, I don't know if I pronounce it right, but uh, he asked, butchered that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, butchered the heck out of it. <laughs> but he he was at in BOS uh, lacrosse with you. He said he fished in the same area with you, and you guys talked. I guess you were basically almost doing the same thing. Don't tell anybody where that is. <laughs> <Dusty>. <laughs> so he so he's so he's asking. His question is, but since you were basically both kind of doing this, you know, similar technique, was it the presentation that was key? Because he said he barely, you know, he struggled to get five bites, and you were down there smashing them um or is it just like maybe the figure it out for yourself and i was fishing it. outside weed lines and i was just kind of really efficient at, at knowing where they're going to be positioned maybe and a lot of it could just be having the right weight i mean more so than the color um when you're flipping more important than, than the color or the bait actually is is the rate of fall i'm a big believer that that getting that dialed in can make all the difference between you could be you know, pitching a three-eight sounds fate, and it's it's not getting through the weeds good enough, and only a couple times it is, and you know, they switch to a half ounce, and it, you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're getting a lot more bites because it's getting through those weeds, or 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 the opposite, you know, you could be throwing a one ounce and, and something where you know you could be throwing something lighter, and that super fast fall isn't isn't what they're looking for. They're looking for something just falling really slow, you know. Uh, so biggest thing when when flipping. Uh, I think more so than, than the, the color or the type of bait is, is the weight and the size, you know, getting the size, the bait, you know, something besides something compact or something bigger. Uh, those are two things that are, that are really important when you're, when you're flipping, but it's all about just, you know, having a good idea of where the fish are positioning and, uh, where they're, you know, they're all usually when you're flipping, they're, they're trying to ambush stuff. So just recognizing those ambush points and knowing, where uh where and when to fish it he said he was flipping uh he, he put his whole setup out there he said the thing he was missing was a punch skirt that could have been the key i guess i don't know could have been could have been I like, we'll never I know like that punch skirt hey and you, you know you're talking about rate of fall i don't know if you saw we had barry, barry davis on here uh last show or yeah last show talking about him winning bas bass lacrosse after you were Go I didn't California. see the show yet. So, so he talked about having he, yeah he talked about having to go to a super lightweight for that rate of fall. Mm -hmm. He was throwing like a sixteenth yeah. ounce head, yeah. shaky head deal to get him to bite, as opposed to that fast rate of fall. So it's funny how things change within a week or two, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it can change day to day or hour to hour for for that matter. But um, yeah, having that right, you know, and the, uh, you know, it'll change that rate of fall. Will change. You could be using a half ounce. Uh, with a little zoom ultra vibe speed crawl and it's you know it'll fall really fast maybe and then you can go to something like that big spicy beaver and it's going to completely change that rate of fall so somebody says they're flipping a half ounce creature bait 
you know, it might, it's, they're flipping a, a little craw that's going to fall really fast. That's going to be a whole lot different than putting, you know, big bulky creature bait. It's going to fall to different speeds. So you might, you know, in order to, to compensate and get that right rate of fall, you might have to bump up to a five eighths or three quarter with that bigger bait, you know? Yeah. I remember talking to Matt Ramey, uh, Lake Fork, uh, last year when he won in June on Lake Fork and that was his deal. He was flipping super heavy, like two ounce weights and he only had a couple of them. And that was to be able to get through those mats and for that bait to fall right. And that's how he was catching them. He had people all around him, and they weren't catching them, and that, that was his deal. Yeah, it's a big part of it. It's really important. Just seeing something different, too, you know. Everybody's – a lot of people are flipping an area, and you figure out oh, most of the people are using, you know, half ounce, three quarter, you know, try something really light or try something really heavy or something that, you know, mix it up, something they haven't really seen. Um, it could make the difference. You just got to kind of experiment and – um you know try different stuff see what they want and a lot of times the fish will tell you you know we might have time for one more question if any of you guys have one i don't want to keep russ very long he was gracious enough to stop and talk to us even though he's on the on the way to the campground so we appreciate you once again doing this russ no problem happy to be on guys yeah it's always it's always fun to pick the brain of the uh of the best in the game you're definitely one of them along with with jay filling in for ryan ryan got in the comments and said that he got out of work he had a big meeting that he couldn't slide out of until a little bit late that he's sorry he missed you, and congrats uh, on your win mm, out there. No, no problem. I'll be seeing him soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Tell him to come to Dardanelle. Oh. Is he not going? Where is, is he just sticking uh, around home? Or he's, he... he's got something against Arkansas, man. I don't know what his problem is. Oh, really? <laughs> um, should be a good turnout. should be a fun time. Yeah. A lot of my buddies are going to be up there, so yeah. I'm looking forward to getting, getting out there and hanging out with them again. Yeah, Arkansas is, uh, you know – I always we never had a big national event here outside of a few little you know like tra regional trail events. Really? So our biggest events ninety. Uh, yeah, our biggest event ever is ninety seven anglers. So we got to bust that. We got to bust that. Yeah, like Table Rock, Table Rock, KBF, a little bit. Yeah, but that's that's Missouri. We count that as Missouri, even though it. Oh, it is good. Missouri. Shoot, that's it kind of right. kind of dips its yeah, toe. Yeah. But even they haven't had a. I mean, their turnout was in the I think seventy people. We want to have like a hundred plus big giant turnout for this. I think they're going to get it. Oh, I do I too. I think they're going to get it. Yeah. I do too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, we've got to because I want people to come back. I don't want to have to keep driving to events next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim talking again. Me and Jay getting wild on the Dardanelle. I don't know about that, Jim. Jay's coming. He's all business. He's trying to get in that TOC. I'm I'm all about that business this this that's time. Right. It's a business trip. No fun. You know, Susquehanna was fun and games. This is uh, well more games than fun, but. <laughs> Darnell, man, I, I need to uh, – I've got a third event that I need to call to make sure I make that TOC. So I'm about that business, boss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm all in for this one. I only have one event under yep. my belt. I can't make the CUSA. So all the, all my chips are in the table for Darnell. I hope I can pull it off somehow. No doubt. Uh, Katie mentioned in the comments, don't forget about Jackson's uh, charity tournament, which is also running that same weekend. And he's already got 100-something people signed up for that. Yep. That kid does some amazing things, raising money for charity. So he's he, unbelievable. Yeah, even somebody if, like his age to be doing what he's doing is—it's incredible. Oh, he's definitely great, kid. Really is. great family. If you can, even if you can't fish, sign up. Throw your money in the into I'm the signed entry. up already. already. I'm already signed up. Yeah, I almost forgot, yep, but I'm Ryan in. reminded me, so I'm in. I'm in now. Yep. Uh, looks like Sadiki said, "You and me both, Jay." I'm assuming that means all business for Dardanelle. It means Sadiki's coming. Yeah. Should be. A... I think he's he's staying with us. I think. Okay. At first, I heard he was he wasn't gonna make it. And now he's he's going. So yeah, he'll be. I think okay. he's staying at my house. Okay. I got. 
Y'all staying? Y'all staying in Russellville, Russ, or outside of town, or where are you staying? Yeah, just to the west of Russellville, I think. I don't know. Just to the west, kind of in that area. Yeah, I don't know. I got you. Not a lot of major <laughs> metropolitan there. areas there. Kind of centralized. That's cool. Looks All like right. a good place. That's cool. Hopefully, we uh, get to see a bunch of people there. I'm going to try to put together maybe a little KBN gathering at State Park right there on the lake, outdoors, where Sweet. people feel safe. If people want, because I know that's one thing people miss at the weigh-ins and the captains' meetings is we're not really hanging yeah, out at yeah. all. So maybe throw together a little outdoor, bring your own cheeseburger, sit around and visit for a little bit outside uh, on Friday. I night did all that. We need that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll try to get that going. Uh, cool. But yeah, thanks again, uh, Russ, for taking the time and Jay. Save the day. Thanks for yeah. stepping up for, for Mr. Lambert and, and hey, jumping in with us, man. Anytime. Anytime. Glad to fill in. Yeah. And congrats again, Russ. Have a safe Thanks. rest of your trip out there. And, yeah. Uh, Before I go, yeah, I'd just like to you know thank my sponsors, uh, iRod Fishing and, and Dakota Lithium, for, for all they do to support me through uh, all my travels. And um, they, they really take care of me. And uh, I appreciate it. And I appreciate, you know, you, Jay, and uh, Jeff for having me on. And, uh, and talk with me for a bit. It was really enjoyed it. Awesome stuff, man. Fun as okay. always. I appreciate the time, man. All right. You guys take it easy. I'll see you up in Arkansas in a little bit, I guess. Yes, sir. Yep. See you, see you yeah. next week. Yeah. And... Sure. All right. Take care. Thank you all for watching. We are out of here.